Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. If you brought your Bible, why don't you open with me to Luke chapter 5 and put a marker in Luke 19. Luke chapter 5, we're going to read from the Gospel of Luke today. Who's ready for the Word of God? Do you come to church expectant for God to speak to you through His Word? Because you should. It's a right. It's just a, a thing that you can expect. God's Word is alive. It's moving. It's changing. It's ever, ever penetrating into our lives and ever speaking to us. But we have to be open to hear it. We have to be leaning into it. And I believe there can be great expectation in God's house as we read His Word. So we're going to read from verse 17 where Jesus does an incredible miracle, it says this, one, On one of those days he was teaching, this is Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. So at that time of the world, everywhere. They came from all over. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way, everybody say no way. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them. I love that it says before them. Everyone saw it. Everyone was witness to this amazing miracle. And we know that because look at what it says next. And he'd been, lying, he'd been lying on that bed. He went home glorifying God. Verse 26, look at it. It says, And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Filled with amazement. Filled with awe. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Lord, thank you that your word has the power to change our lives, God. Father, I pray this morning your word would speak to us in amazing ways. Lord, that we would be able to dive into a passage like this and just see what Jesus did. And even back then, Lord, that miracle, that accomplishment, that way that he glorified your name, Lord, that somehow, Lord, you would continue to do an amazing work today, Lord. We just thank you that that's the power of your word, Lord. We thank you for all you're doing. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And the whole church said together. Amen. And the whole church said together. Amen. Amen. That's a bit better. Well, I've been preaching a little low-key series, just you may have noticed it, you may not, but it doesn't really matter. We had the beach bash in there as well, and we had surf camp this week too. Did you guys hear about the surf camp? Surf camp was really cool. I think we had 20 kids at surf camp, but it was just amazing. I got to go down there on Friday and be the head judge of the surf comp. I judged for one day, and uh, it was just great to see it. 
um, take place. But can we give it up for all the leaders that went down and loved on the kids this week? In fact, if you helped in the surf camp, would you stand up wherever you're at? If you helped out at the surf camp, can you stand up? Is there anyone here? Thank you so much. I know Liz Creasy is away this weekend, but Liz quarterbacked the whole thing. She did an amazing job. And um, the theme over the week was be salty. And I love that. So the kids were learning to be salt in their world and learning to, to, to impact the world around us. So surf camp was good. Feels like it's just been a beachy couple of weeks. Beach bash, surf camp. So it's good to be back in the house. But I've been working on a little series just about avoiding the doldrums in summer. The doldrums is a sort of colloquial term which sort of speaks to a stagnant state or a state in our lives, our spiritual lives, where maybe we don't feel like there's much going on, but it's actually a maritime term to illustrate the five degrees to the south and the five degrees to the north of the equator. It's called the doldrums. And before there were power boats, before ships had uh, mechanical power, when they were sailing, most sailors would know you would not want to get anywhere near the doldrums. Because if you got in the doldrums, it could be a matter of months before you got out. There was no wind, there was no power, there was no waves, there was no push when you're in the doldrums. There was no way to sort of get moving. And sometimes in our spiritual lives, it's kind of a picture for us. We want to avoid the doldrums. So I've been speaking this series, and the first part of the series was we need to stay fresh. It's time for a refresh in our lives. I spoke from the passage where Jesus speaks to the fig tree, kind of loses his mind at a fig tree. And the reason he does is because there's no fruit on the fig tree. And when it comes to our faith, we need to keep our, fresh, uh, our faith fresh on the inside so there's always fruit on the outside. So that we've always got something to give people in our lives. We've always got something available for people who come up to us and need the things of God. So we're going to stay fresh. Keep it fresh on the inside. It'll, you'll see fresh fruit on the outside. And then I spoke a message called, Teach Me. I'm listening. All about having a teachable spirit, being open, being willing. And all this is, is pointed towards avoiding the doldrums in our faith. I want to speak today not about staying fresh or teachable, but I want to talk about staying inspired. If you're taking notes this morning and you're looking for a title, the title of the message is Inspire Me, I'm Looking. Inspire Me, I'm Looking. Inspiration is such a powerful thing. It's such a powerful thing for your life. It's such a powerful thing for your walk with God. It's such a powerful thing overall. Inspiration is a wonderful thing. I believe it's a critical thing for a believer. The definition, the very definition of inspiration, listen to it. It's the action or power of moving the intellect or emotions towards influence. I want to stay inspired on my path in life. I want to stay inspired. I want to stay inspired as a husband. I want to stay inspired as a father. I want to stay inspired as a pastor and as a leader. I want to stay inspired in life. Inspiration is actually a God thing. Comparison is not a God thing. But inspiration absolutely is a God thing. If we can stay inspired as Christians, as believers, as, lo as lovers of Christ, we can stay on mission. We can stay on track. We can stay on course. I love it if you could write this down. You might be able to meditate on this this week, this thought. If I can stay inspired in life, I can stay motivated in life. See, inspiration will always help you move along to motivation. It will always help you stay motivated. It's a beautiful precursor to motivation. If you're inspired, 
you can be motivated to press on. If you stay inspired, you can be motivated to press in, to keep moving. If you're inspired, you may well be motivated to make a change in your life if there's a change that's needed. I wondered today, do you need a change? Has summer taught you something about your life that maybe you need to change? It's a beautiful thing about summer in this part of the world is everything kind of just changes. Sort of things change, schedules change, kids go and do different things lifestyles it feels like almost changes and sometimes that viewpoint can be a good thing where you can look at maybe what needs changing in our lives. See, inspiration is a great thing to help us change in life. I wonder how you see inspiration for your life. I wonder if you've ever thought to yourself, I actually need inspiration in this season. See, what happens is a lot of people, they just go lacking inspiration They don't realize they've lacked inspiration and they just find themselves in a different place and they wonder why. But inspiration is a beautiful thing for a believer. It's something that if we have it, it can help us move forward. Isn't it funny how a lack of inspiration can be completely deflating? A lack of inspiration, a lack of fire on the inside can be completely deflating. I mean, if you, you just be around someone who's maybe lacking a little bit of inspiration and they're completely deflated. They're completely on the down. My wife calls them Debbie Downers. They're just down about everything. There's just a lacking, there's a void, there's this flatness to them. But all it requires is a little bit of inspiration and everything changes. All of a sudden, our mood changes. All of a sudden, our spirits lift. All of a sudden, we find ourselves, ah, yeah, I can do this. Anticipation comes back in. Motivation comes back in. And that's a great precursor to action. Things change. We need inspiration. Make no doubt. Make make no, uh, there is no doubt about it. A lack of vision can also be, you can can uh, substitute that word for vision. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says this, where there's no revelation or vision or inspiration, the people cast off restraint. Other uh, translations say the people perish. There's actually another, in the New Living Translation, it says the people run wild. Where there's no vision, where there's no inspiration, people just run wild, they go to and fro, they just throw off all the things that God has maybe put around them for other things. There's no restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. I mean, talk about a lack of something in this passage. I mean, this man, he was paralyzed in Luke chapter 5. He was paralyzed. He'd probably been that way for a long time. He was bottom of the barrel, bottom of society, no prospects. Talk about a lack. Talk about a lack. But who's grateful today that he had some friends who had some inspiration? He had some friends that had heard about this Messiah. See, this was the Messianic age. You've got to understand that in the gospel accounts, it's this age in, uh, in the gospels where it's people were looking for inspiration. People were looking for divine guidance. People were looking for the Messiah. And here's a motley crew of guys who just pick up this mat with this paralyzed guy. They were inspired to see something happen. They were inspired to see this life change. That's what inspiration does. It changes things for us, changes our sight, helps us stay on track. We need to stay, all of us need to stay inspired. 
You know, at Kingdom Builders every month, if you haven't been to Kingdom Builders yet, can I warmly invite you to come once a month? We do a breakfast on a Wednesday morning. We had it last week and it was fantastic. And we do it every single month. And the Kingdom Builders are all the people that are coming alongside Jill and I want to build the church and, and see the, the vision of the church outworked. But every single month, we give our Kingdom Builders a gift resource. We just stop and we think about it. Bob and I get together and we get input from people and we're like, man, what can we resource the Kingdom Builders with this month? So this month, we, we did a thing on creativity. We had Stephen Damari come from the Hippo and he's, he's an awesome man of God and he's spoken to our Kingdom Builders' lives about creativity and business, creativity in the Kingdom of God, creativity in your walk with God. But we also gave them a book. We often give out books. We gave them this month, The Artisan Soul by Erwin McManus. Amazing book on creativity. He's an amazing writer, creative thinker. He's a pastor as well. But the reason we give out that book is not because we just like books. It's not because we just like handing out something and just giving gifts, even though we love to give gifts to people. But the point of it is to inspire. The, the point of it is to, to try to put in some inspiration. The, the point is to get people to, to realize that we need some inspiration. Inspiration is so important in our lives. But hey, inspiration and comparison are two different things. Inspiration, I believe, is from God. Inspiration will push us towards the things of God, but comparison will always pull us down. See, if we compare ourselves in life, that's completely different to being inspired. See, I could look at another pastor leading another church in a different part of this country, and I can choose, am I going to be inspired by that ministry? Am I going to be inspired by what that pastor is doing, by what that church is doing? Or am I going to compare myself to that person? Because when I compare myself, I'm no longer taking inspiration out of it. No, I'm just comparing myself to them. And that's going to suck the joy out. It's going to suck the life out. It's going to stop me in my tracks. It's going to make me feel insecure. It's going to make me feel like I'm not good enough. You see the difference, church? There's a big difference between inspiration and comparison. Comparison will always pull us down. And at the same time, the funny thing about comparison is we're also trying to pull someone else down too. Trying to pull someone. But when I'm inspired, man, I'm pumped up. Anticipation fills my life. I'm more prompted towards motivation. When I get inspired by something else that another church is doing for our church, it actually helps. It's a positive thing. It propels me towards what God has for me. I love what it says in Luke 5, verse 26, back to the text. It says, amazement seized them all. They were inspired and they glorified God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. That's pretty self-explanatory. They're just like, wow, it's amazing. It's incredible what's happened today. These people were inspired I don't know about you, but I want to live my life inspired. I want to live my life, yes, full of faith, staying fresh on the inside. But when it comes to the things of God and the plan that he has for me, we can stay inspired. We can let inspiration fill our lives. And sometimes we just need to make sure that we don't lack any inspiration as well. I love this man's friends. You know, they don't, The gospel doesn't tell us who they were. It doesn't tell us what they did for work doesn't tell us if they were pastors or part of the religious order of the day or they were entrepreneurs or just regular dudes. But I just love that these guys did something about his situation. 
They were inspired by what was happening in and around Judea, Galilee, and Jerusalem. They were inspired for change. And we should be as well. Isn't it funny how inspiration and sight are a package deal? Inspiration and sight are a package. They come together. It's like they're tethered together. What you look at is what you're inspired by. What you go looking for is what you will be inspired to. If you're not looking, you won't be inspired. If you're not looking at something, if your sights aren't set on something, if you haven't found something that you can set your sights on, you're never going to be inspired by it. Inspiration and sight, they come together. People were looking for inspiration in this time. In Psalm 119, verse 123, it says, My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. My eyes are looking for inspiration. My eyes are looking for your promise. It's amazing in these moments when you read about all the miracles that Jesus did. It's almost like sight and inspiration, they collide and faith rises up. A miracle happens. Things change. Uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. We're going to look at two different miracles today. But if you went to Sunday school, you would have re read about Zacchaeus. But I want to read it from the message translation. It says, Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there. His name Zacchaeus. The head tax man, and he was quite rich. Listen to this. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man. He couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead. He climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned, and he stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. And look at Jesus' response. He said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the son of man came to find and restore the loss. I love that Zacchaeus, he got to this situation, but it says that he desperately wanted to see Jesus. Desperately wanted, desperately needed to fix his eyes on his inspiration. Fix his eyes on the promise, on the miracle, on the potential that Jesus could move in his life. I want to give us this morning... Two ways that we can stay inspired in our walk of faith. You ready? You ready? Two ways we can stay inspired in our walk of faith. The first is this. To stay inspired, I have to be looking. If I want to stay inspired in life, if I want to keep that inspiration on the inside, that anticipation, that pumped up feeling that, man, I'm on course, I'm on mission, I'm moving on to everything that God has for me. I need to be looking for inspiration. If I'm not looking for inspiration, I'm not going to get inspiration. It's pretty simple. My question for you today is, 
Are you looking? Are you feeling a little lack of inspiration in your life or are you looking for inspiration? No inspiration comes if you're not looking. See, Zacchaeus was a man who was looking for his inspiration. I mean, he had everything, but there was a void in his life. He had money. He had position. He could walk up to anyone at any time and just gouge them, take what he wanted. I mean, he had a powerful position. He might have been despised. But in terms of society, he still wielded power in his life. But there was a void. But you just get this sense that Zacchaeus, when it came to Jesus, his posture was, inspire me. Inspire me. I'm looking. He says he desperately wanted to see Jesus. He desperately wanted to see a miracle. He desperately wanted to fill the void. Isn't it so funny? That's how we feel sometimes as well. In our own lives, we might have stuff going on. We might have success that's come. We might have things that have filled into our lives that are good and are there for us to use. But sometimes there are still voids. Can I encourage you, friends, get inspiration on the inside of you. And it'll propel you towards the things that God has for you. We have to be on the lookout for inspiration in our lives. We have to be big enough to understand that we all need inspiration. I've said this in a couple of messages going in the last month, but you are not the exception to the rule. I'm sorry. I wish I could say that you were. I wish that I was, but we are not exceptions to the rule. We all need inspiration. And we need to be big enough to understand that from time to time, we need to go looking for it in Jesus' name. I need it. You need it. Our friends need it. Our friends need us to have it so they can be impacted by it as well. The world around us today, never before knows that we need this inspiration when it comes to the things of God. We need to retain it in our lives. I mean, look at the sequence for Zacchaeus. He had a void. His life was incomplete. It wasn't complete. He faced a challenge, which was his height, which was his physical stature. There was this sense that there was a deflated area in his life. There was a lack, but it didn't stop him. He figured out a way to get his sight on his inspiration. He figured it out. I mean, inspiration only comes when we look. Inspiration will only come if we go looking for it. There's never been a time that I can remember in my life where I've got to the end of my day and Jill and I, you know, we just thought, we'll just hit the couch. A little bit of Netflix tonight, just like every night. And then just bang, out of nowhere, inspiration just shows up in my life. Doesn't work like that. Inspiration, we have to go looking for it. We have to go and find it. So the first point is, if we want inspiration, if we want to stay inspired, I have to be looking The second is, to stay inspired, I need to know where to look and what to look at. Jesus says in the passage, so he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. See, the thing about Zacchaeus is he he knew two very important things in this story, in his life. He knew where he needed to go to view his inspiration. He knew where he needed to be to fix his eyes on it. But he also knew what he needed to be looking at. He wasn't distracted. He wasn't looking at something else. He wasn't looking at something passing by. You just get this sense that he desperately needed to see Jesus. He desperately needed Jesus in his life. So he positioned his life and he figured out exactly what he needed to be looking at. When it comes to our own lives, to stay inspired, we need to know where to look. 
I wonder what it is for you, friend. Maybe you're a business person. Maybe you've been running your business for a while now. Seasons have come, seasons have go, have gone, and you're in a different place now, and maybe you're feeling a little lack. Maybe you're feeling like things are a little bit deflated in this season of your life. Can I encourage you, figure out what your inspiration is and go looking for it. Find yourself in a place where you're getting inspired, where you're getting put in, where anticipation is being built up in your life. Because it's not just you that benefits, the world around you that benefits as well. See, I believe this helps keep us on track, helps keep us move towards the things that God has for us. We all need to be conscious of what we're looking at in life and making adjustments to make sure that it's the right thing. Amen? Just recently, Jill and I have been doing a little bit more sailing. We, we love sailing. And just in the last couple of months, we've decided that we're going to start teaching our, our eldest, Maisie, how to sail. And it's so much fun, and she's just, she loves it. And I think I've got a couple of pictures for us. There she is right there at the helm, Maisie at the helm. And I think we've got a little video showing her as well. There she is. Happy as a clam. Just loving it, looking around thinking, Daddy, where have you taken me? Where am I, Dad? We've been teaching her sailing. You can take it down now. And as she's been learning how to sail, it's been a couple of times there's been a bit more wind than normal, and when there's a bit more wind on a sailboat and you have full sails up, it can feel a little bit crazy. And I've actually been amazed with my daughter, but she... She doesn't seem phased at all, but when you get that boat leaning over, some people just freak out and let go of the wheel, and they're just, ah, I just can't take it anymore. This feels crazy. I feel like we're going to capsize. I feel like I'm going to end up in the ocean. I don't want to be here. But some, for some reason with Maisie, she's okay with it. She can handle it. But I don't know if you noticed, but right in front of the steering wheel is a compass. There's a compass that sits right there. And so when I was teaching her to, to sail, I say, you've got to keep moving in that direction. And here's the compass, and she'd look at the compass, and for her, for some reason, that was just easy. And I said, she's like, what, what number should I keep it on? What number should, and I was like, okay, well, the heading should be, you know, this. But see, what was happening was she was no longer looking forward. She was just staring at the compass. She was just staring at the compass, and see, the wind was shifting, things were changing, waves would try to move the boat, and she would find herself off course. So what I had to do at one point, because she wouldn't listen to me, I just closed the cover of the compass and I said, you need to start looking forward. You need to start looking towards what we are going towards. And isn't it true in life? When it comes to inspiration, if we want to stay on track, we can't look down. We can't look at things side to side. Sometimes we need to set our sights on the thing that God has for us. Sometimes we need to fix our eyes. Sometimes we need to stop and actually ask ourselves, what gets me inspired? Can I just encourage you, friend? That's not a bad question to ask yourself. That's not a bad question. Maybe you're raising a family in here today. What inspires you? Think about the future. Think about what it looks like for you. Think about the promise that God has deposited in your heart. Get inspired by that. Return to that. Find yourself asking the question, how do I stay inspired and fixated on what God has for me? Focus on it. We all need to look. We all need to know. I wonder what you're seeing. I wonder what you need to look at. For some of you in here today, you need to stop looking at the wrong things. Ouch. 
Sometimes we need to stop looking at the things that are maybe just a distraction and focus on the things that actually will inspire us, that will lead to a change if a change is needed. See, I don't know about you, but I'm so easily distracted in life. I can be distracted by anything. Sign on the street. Someone says something to me or I see something on TV and then hours go by. I'm distracted. But sometimes in life, we just need to focus on what God has for us. See, the thing about this passage too that struck out to me was Jesus' response to their faith. See, they went looking for inspiration, but Jesus was encouraged by their faith. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, And when he saw their faith, God sees your faith. God sees your sacrifice. God loves it when we believe. Faith pleases God. And I love it when he saw their faith. Those boys picking up that paralyzed guy, figuring out a way to get into the house. Jesus knew the obstacle. Jesus knew that the crowd was in the way. Jesus knows what's going on in your life. But it was their faith that pleased him. And he said, man, your sins are forgiven. See, that's the beauty of inspiration and of sight. We can fix our eyes on the right thing. And it builds our faith, amen. It lifts us up, amen. It helps us move towards what God has for us in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? You might be in here today and you're like, man, you're talking about inspiration. I don't really know what inspires me. You're like, yeah, pastor, it sounds like you know what inspires you. You know what works for you. Maybe you're in here today and you don't know what that next step is. You don't know where to go. Can I just encourage you to start in the very best place? Jesus. Start with Jesus. Start there. The greatest inspiration that we could ever have in life is to start with Jesus and to fix our eyes on Him. I wanted to finish with this scripture today, but if you could put it up, it's in Hebrews 12. Faith. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And look at what it says next. Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, I don't know where to look. I don't know what to look at. Can I encourage you this morning, friend? The greatest thing you can look at is the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest person that you could fix your eyes on is not a person that is still walking this earth, but a person that is sitting at the right hand of the Father that's just been raised from the dead 2,000 years ago, and His name is Jesus. Set your sight on Him. Start there. You received that word this morning. Lord, we just thank You, Father, for this opportunity to gather around Your Word. Father, thank You that there's inspiration that exists for all of us. That inspiration comes from You. Inspiration is a positive thing that You want to deposit into our lives that You want us all to have, Lord. You don't want us to live flat. You don't want us to live defeated or depleted. You don't want us to live in a place where there's a lack. Now You want to fill us up, God. 
So Father, thank you that you, you fill us up every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.